Hey there, Cape Cod. It's high noon on Wednesday. Time for another episode of Life with Gwen, a local talk show that is on the Cape Cod Times Facebook page, and you can find later on at capecodtimes.com, Life with Gwen, and uh, you can also listen to it as a podcast if that's more convenient. But right now, if you're watching, we welcome you to send in questions and comments as we get to know today's guest. Hello, with us today is Justin Neviakis, and he is part of the running world. As we get ready to um, approach Monday's 122nd Boston Marathon, we wanted to talk to someone who has, who has run it and who also uh, works in the uh, area of, of uh, running equipment and running shoes. And you are at Hanlon's, one of the people who make sure people go out with the right pair of shoes for what they want to do. Yes, we do our best. <laughs> and uh, I've recently come to realize the value of that. I'll have to tell you about it later. But, um, you know, uh, Hanlon's is, is at the uh, center of the Capes running world, along with uh, Marathon Sports in, in Mashpee and West Yarmouth, and I'm sure there are other shops out there as well. But um, we were interested because you are a personal trainer, mm -hmm. and you've had marathon experience in both Boston and some other cities. Mm -hmm. So welcome, and uh, let's talk running. Excellent. Yeah, but I let's don't have to like leaving do leave doing it. Although I wouldn't mind. Um, it'd be fun to get into running. I think it. Um, there's since I've been trying to learn more about running, mm -hmm. I've uh, been talking to people, and one of the things that comes up is the traditional carbo loading um, dinner that's held uh, in Boston. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the race uh, the, itself that puts it on, but... Um, well, I'm and, sure there are plenty of places that sort of capitalize on that and try to yeah. do the, the pasta load the night before. Right, but you know, one of the runners here who does our Fit Chat blog, um, Susan Eastman, she said she would never you know, load up on carbohydrates that close to a race. And I guess there's some um, some talk, you know, uh, in the in the running world altogether. But can you kind of lay that out and tell me a little bit about it? So the carbo load idea comes from um, the like many years ago. We thought, you know, you're using carbohydrates when you run. Usually, when you're in that sort of um, duration of a, of working out, you're using a lot of carbohydrates for energy. And the theory was, if you eat a lot you're going to store it up and you're going to have it the next day. Um, Not so much? Well, the science shows that even if you do a sort of carbohydrate depletion and then work up to, to loading, carbo loading the night before, you only store, you know, maybe 500 to 1,000 more calories of carbohydrates. But if you're running a marathon, you're out there two to six hours, or two and a half to six hours, depending on how fast you're going, you're burning through thousands of calories. So the load doesn't really do much for you. You know, mm -hmm. it might give you a little bit extra. So what they find is it's more just if you eat just a constant balanced diet and maybe like somebody who is training for something like an endurance event might need a little more carbohydrates than like a, an Olympic lifter or a weight lifter. But the carbo load thing doesn't do a whole lot for you. And Susan was saying that she um, would be worried that it would, um, she's out there watching, hey, Susan, hope you don't mind that I'm paraphrasing, but that it would affect her because it's something she's not accustomed to. Yeah, so when you're going up to a big event, as with anything, you don't want to do anything out of the ordinary. You know, mm -hmm. if you, if you all, she said. <laughs> all of a sudden getting up to something and people get nervous and they get all sort of mentally, uh, you know, nervous about getting into the event and they start doing crazy things the week before, it's just going to mess you up. 
really it's like you've done all the homework leading up to it uh-huh. the months and for some people years leading up to the event that if you've done the homework you've got it you're ready and and do you generally eat on race day everybody that's everybody's different I'm one of those people I gotta eat mm-hmm. I, I just I love to eat so I'll have <laughs> I'll have like a sizable breakfast uh, and I, my stomach doesn't get too messed up but that's the biggest thing some people have hard stomachs and eat and unsettled stomachs and if mm-hmm. you don't just like on your normal runs if you don't eat before you go for your normal training runs you probably don't want to eat before you run Boston great so you want to keep things pretty much the way exactly. you have been when you're training most, for it. most runners and people who run have a, a routine that they stick to day to day, week to week. And when you're leading up to the marathon, just basically do the same thing. You don't want to change it too much. And is the same thing true? Like with, with the equipment that you're, you're uh, wearing, you know, both from clothes to shoes, do you, I would imagine you don't want to um, uh, be wearing a new pair of shoes for, but maybe I'm wrong. Been there, done that. No, you don't want to do wear a new pair of shoes. Yeah. I ran the Cape Cod marathon once in a, brand new pair of shoes. It was the same pair I'd been training in, just a new pair, and that was a mistake. But most people who are serious about this stuff, well, they do like a test run. So like two or three weeks out, they might do, you know, 16 to 20 miles in all the equipment that they're going to be running in just mm-hmm. to give it a test and make sure everything's copacetic. Ah, interesting. And does that, does, does your gear change much for the weather? Well, yeah. I mean, we just found out that the weather's not going to be so pleasant on Monday. So it's cold, right? Yeah, you're gonna people probably gonna wearing extra layers. Um, you, some people might be wearing stuff that they could throw away, like you would have a long sleeve shirt to start when mm-hmm. you're waiting, and then once you get moving, you can have a cheap one you can just throw away so that you're not freezing at the start. Because with when you're running this distance, your body temperature can fluctuate quite a bit and if you're kind of warming wet, yourself from the inside yeah and if you're wet and cold it's hard to get warm back up again is it supposed to rain monday too that's what i just heard oh wonderful news <laughs> huh and uh have and caps not snow. people i hear you lose a lot of uh uh heat through your head so caps uh, uh i mean with runners at least in the beginning yeah i mean most people will have a hat on if it's below a certain temperature yeah. and like some people have less on top than others um that was not my that's not why i was asking <laughs> but uh yeah i know like you want to have the biggest thing early for me especially are my hands and my feet like my yeah. hands get cold and if, if once something starts to get cold it's yeah. really hard to warm it back up if you're out on the road so you want gloves yeah i mean the thing with boston is it's a in the, the any of the major marathons there's so many people it's it's there's usually it's hard to get lost in the crowd and or it's easy sorry it's easy to get lost in the crowd and you can usually find somebody because everybody's in the same boat and they're nice and if somebody's hurting you'd be surprised you can just say hey my hands are freezing and somebody might be oh my hands are hot here take my gloves oh really because you're in these major marathons you're surrounded by people the whole time and i you were telling me before we came on air that uh you know 15 or 20 people who are running this yep. year and uh and there's a bus of 40 going up through the we got store a bus of 40 people going up from the store right to the start line. And I think it's it's probably at least double that overall, maybe maybe over 100. We had a, a list of the names mm-hmm. come in. Men and women almost equally matched mm. in terms of the numbers. Um, it, uh, at least the ones that we had had, you know, if you read the paper, if you uh, visit us on capecodtimes.com, uh, sports will be doing a story talking about a very sad episode in the uh, in the marathon's history, uh, the 2013 bombing, people who 
lived through that. And uh, we did have um, in the book section, I don't know if you guys can see this when I show you the page, but in the book section, we had a story by former sports editor Bill Higgins about um, race director Dave McGilvery. Mm -hmm. He had written his own uh, autobiography years ago, but now he has written a version for kids. Hmm. And it's really interesting because um, it it sets up a um, there's a website associated with it and it sets kids up to put goals in to see what they want to do and then to record their their accomplishments against those goals. Mm -hmm. So um, that kind of brings me to an area I wanted to talk about and that was you have two children, right? Two children, one on the way, believe it or not. Oh wow! So and that's why you're probably not running this mm -hmm. year. <laughs> So, uh, how old are the kids? Five and one. Okay, so we got to figure the one-year-old is is not ready to to be running. But does uh, the five-year-old ever run with you? Oh, uh, he's gone on a couple of runs with me. He's in a couple of little kids races. Uh huh. So, uh, does your wife run also? Uh, she has in the past. We've, yeah. So it's a family affair. Oh yeah. And you and I had been talking. I was asking you about, um, you know, what when it's safe for kids to start running. Uh, certain, you know, how far, that kind of thing. And uh, you had some interesting thoughts on that. So tell me a little bit about, um, you were, you know, I think we were talking about a, um, it being their focus and attention more than their, their bodies in terms mm -hmm. of Well, it's, it's like with any sport. You don't want to force kids to do anything they don't want to do. And if it starts to become a labor or a chore, they're not going to want to do it. And if you want your kid to be an active, successful, you know, person you don't push them into these things because mm -hmm. they're going to lose interest they eventually learn to hate it you see that a lot and i see that a lot with like high school kids mm -hmm. you know they come into the store they're kind of feel like they're being forced to run for some reason and then and they choose because my parents yeah, want exactly. me to run <laughs> and then you know they they get out of school and they they don't really enjoy it anymore and I, i've got some friends that are the same way um it's just like with anything, you know, if a kid's having fun, you make games out of it. You don't necessarily have to take the kid and go for a five-mile run, but mm -hmm. you can, you know, play games with them, play tag while you're going out on the roads if you got a quiet neighborhood like I live in, and we just make a game out of it. You know, that's the best way to keep kids in involved. Um, I didn't have a chance to check, um, and if someone out here in the audience knows this, could you give us, uh, could you type it in and... Uh... And our producer Jason will let me know, but um, we were talking about whether there was a uh, age, you know, you had to be 18 to to run in the marathon or not. Uh, I'm not sure if that's true. Anybody out there know that? Give us a call and let us know. Um, it's not a call. I forget this all the time, but they have to type it in for Facebook Live, and uh, we can let people know. But uh, I have seen a lot of uh, 5Ks and half marathons where there will be quite a few eight and nine-year-olds running? I mean, half marathon, I don't think you're going to see too many kids of that age. Um, usually is what they have. Usually is, older? Yeah, you know, I mean, usually you'll get into some high school kids. If they're, you know, good enough and have done the training, they can run that distance. But I don't really encourage um, kids of that age even to start mm -hmm. trying to be competitive with running a half marathon. Um most of the 5Ks, they'll do like a six and under. They'll have like distances for little kids. And then, you know, they'll do six to 12 or 13. You can run with your parents if you want to run the full event, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, even getting into half marathon distances for high school kids, when you look at their level of training and where they are, it's it's there's some things that can happen that you may want to avoid. 
like well, there's just the standard overuse injuries. You know, uh-huh. the whole key with longevity with running is not doing too much too soon. And that is not only from week to week, but also year to year. So, you know, a high school kid, most of them haven't been running since they were five or six years old. Yeah. They usually start their freshman or sophomore year. And it, to be able to run that distance safely, you want to have some time under your belt. So, you know, two or three years on a kid who's still growing, you know, is it the smartest idea to take him and say, hey, let's go pound the pavement for 13 miles? Mm-hmm. You know, if you take a step back and maybe start not. with the five, yeah, you know, yeah. slowly build up and let, let them grow, let them get stronger and let, let them find it on their own. You know, that's interesting. I've never been a consistent runner, so I have a lot of curiosity and uh, just a little bit of knowledge. Uh, <laughs> I, um, in fact, uh, when I first started running with friends, I was teased because I picked my knees up way too high and they called me the Clydesdale. <laughs> so yeah it took a lot of energy you know you burned it off quickly that right. energy because you're picking your knees up you're having fun though right that's all that matters no i just didn't know that you could, <laughs> i didn't know it counted if you like you know sort of glided along the top of the uh the surface without mm-hmm. uh, actually kind of it was more of a running in place kind of thing mm-hmm. but uh in starting talking about starting running how did you start running what's your situation? I, i've got a little unusual story with that where my father was really active in triathlons <laughs> and running back when i was a kid and so i i started running in grade school when i was eight on the track team and basically never stopped well that's interesting my uh, five-year-old is similar i've got a lot of energy mm-hmm. and uh it's similar. I need, I, maybe I need an outlet. I don't remember exactly. But yeah, I started running. I did the mile in eighth grade and just kind of never looked back. Or sorry, um, when I was eight, so like fourth or mm-hmm. fifth grade, and just never looked back. It's interesting. I, I actually, um, I have a friend who, it's the same thing. Her dad ran, so everybody in that family ran. Mm-hmm. And to this day, it's a part of her of her day, you know, at least four times a week, sometimes oh, yeah. every day. It definitely is. Well, you see, like, you know, when, I, when I'm from the Midwest and there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of people went to church every Sunday morning. Well, my, my mom would go to the barn and ride, ride her horses. And my dad would go for his, you know, long run in the morning on Saturday, Sunday morning. So it was kind of more for me um, to, uh, I didn't go to church. I went to go for a run. So your own, your own form of church. And we, we have some help from um, a viewer who says you have to typically be 16 or 18 to run a marathon. Um, according to Google. So thank you so much. I don't know who sent that in, but, uh, um, oh, okay, it was our producer. But uh, thank you. The nice thing about being on this show is it's a talk show where we get to talk with our guests, but also with our viewers, and and, uh, they provide a lot of information Mm -hmm. for us. So um, so do you you get to the point, you know, uh, my late husband was a runner, and he would talk about endorphins, and and uh, it took me the longest time to find that at all, even in you know in a fast walk and that kind of thing. Do you do you not feel right if you don't run every day, or do you oh, run yeah. every day? Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's, the world's a little brighter when you reach that point where you just you get that every day. Yeah. Sounds good. I have to take up the walking again. I, I like walking along the canal up there, but uh, between the weather and um, being sick over the winter, you know, everyone had that cough, the, the office oh, yeah. cough. Um, it uh, We got to a point where we'd say, don't come near me if you're coughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it, it gets off a bit. Now, when you rebuild after being, say, off for maybe two or three months where you're just not doing that capacity walking, mm-hmm. um, 
are there some tips that you might want to, you know, because I, I think a lot of people want <clears throat> to start at the point that they ended at. Exactly. That's one of the big mistakes is if you've taken some time off due to injury or illness, um, picking up wherever you left off, you're most likely going to get injured again. Like mm -hmm. you're mentally and maybe even cardiovascularly, your body can handle the, uh, the workload, but your joints, and especially as we get older too, I've been experiencing that myself. Um, it takes time to recover from these things. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I usually tell people if you were running and you got to the point where you could run five miles, you know, every day, because that's a, sort of like a good level where a lot of people say, if you take two months off, that five miles can be actually quite a lot for your, for your joints. So the biggest advice I or give people is either like cut it in half and don't go every day at first because the, the running injury may not come that first day. It may not even come that second day, but you get in that third or fourth day. Now you start to get the tightness and all the other little tweaks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of runners get to that point and say, I have to run and I haven't been running for a while. So they, they want to jump back into it. And sometimes it's best to take a week or two and just kind of ease back into things and not go too crazy to start it off. And how about stretching? Because I read, um, you know, articles on both sides for that, how important stretching is before you run and then after. So the biggest, the sort of the idea, the running idea now is that there's not just stretching also, there's different kinds of stretching. And doing static stretching before any sort of activity is not a good thing. Static stretching is where you hold it for 30 seconds or more. Um, for the main idea that you tend to kind of shut things down. So if you're stretching a muscle for 30 seconds or more, you actually lose the ability to kind of fire that muscle after oh, a little bit. Interesting. So if you have like a tightness issue where you have a muscle that's overactive, kind of hitting that before you work out so it doesn't seize up on you is a good thing. But, but we, more we sort of, natural kind of stretch. I sort of advocate more of like a dynamic warm up, which is mm -hmm. you, you run through maybe some of the same exercises, but you hold it for shorter periods of time and you mm -hmm. kind of bounce between two, two motions to um, wake your, wake your body up. Cause mm -hmm. ultimately if you're going for a run or you're going to work out, you want to be jazzed up, not yeah. depressed. And then afterwards, if you have issues, like you always have like tight calves or tight quads or whatever, there you want to do more of like the static style stretching maybe. After but your muscles are warmed up. After you're warmed up. I mean, this, the stretching like that can be done pretty much any time. It's like a, almost like a, uh, the term I've heard is prehab. So it's, it's managing your issues because a lot of us have biomechanical issues and all that mm -hmm. stuff where we tend to get overuse injuries and managing that. In, when you're not running or after a workout yeah. or on days off to hit the problem area so that you don't get the injuries. Is that, um, do you know if that's uh, sort of equally important for people who are walking distance oh, yeah. walkers and, and uh, you know. Well, so with your walkers, if, if you have somebody who's walking or running four miles a day, you know, your walker is going to take about 90 minutes to do your runners are going to do it in 45. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the walker is not hitting the ground as hard, but you're out there, sometimes twice twice the time. So the amount of strain on your body can be just about as much. Yeah. I, I was surprised. Uh, it's not quite warm enough for me. I, I know you guys are probably saying wimps. I know Susan wants in the winter, but it was not warm enough for me for the walking. So I, I hit the indoor track. And, oh, this, um, this cold snap we had in January, I was inside. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I find, um, you know, one of the gyms I go to, there's an indoor track as opposed to um, – having to use the treadmill. Mm -hmm. And I find that that is 
like feels more natural. Oh yeah. Even though it's boring as heck because it's 19 times around. Yeah, for a I mile. mean, I, I've sort of thought in my own head that when you're on a treadmill, you're kind of more keeping up with the machine. Where if you're outside or on a track or, or kind of on your own thing, you're doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. body is leading you yeah. into the. I mean, because I can certainly run a faster pace on a treadmill because I can keep up with the machine. But if I run outside, I tend to fall into a, I mean, maybe that's me falling into a slower pace. Yeah. But you're having, you're enjoying it. It's your church. Exactly. Like when you were growing up. Exactly. um, I'm wondering, you know, we talked a little bit about age and kids. I wonder if you could talk to me a little bit about um, people who might want to take up running when they're, when they're older. You know, we we did cover some of this, but uh, um, is there, you know, do you, the Cape has a lot of baby boomers. Do you find people who are kind of thinking at 60, oh, you know, I should probably do something physical. Or maybe their doctors are harping on them to do it too. Yeah. But yeah, the biggest thing is um, just don't do too much too soon. Yeah, uh-huh. That's the, the biggest mistake people make is they either ramp it up too much, they get too aggressive, they get all jazzed up, they, you know, they get friends mm-hmm. that are getting them into doing something and they, they do too much too soon and that's setting you up for failure. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just going to get injured. Um, and finding a, a group of people that are kind of already going. Yeah. So there's some running groups on the Cape and they span all levels. A lot of people think, oh, all the people in these running groups are super experienced, super fast. The running community has actually gotten a lot more social in the past like 10 years or so, where the average pace of the running group is around 10 minutes a mile now. Hmm. When I first started this stuff, if you ran, if I ran like a 17 minute 5K, I would might finish in the top 50, but now that would be winning most 5Ks in this area without oh, having some major, yeah. It sounds like the social scene in, in running and po- possibly biking too, I've heard, oh, yeah. is. Um, is sort of adjusting to to the needs of the the community. Everything's become you know? much more social. Yeah. When it comes to this this kind of endeavor. Where, if people were interested, where would they find these kinds of uh, groups? So, where I work out of, we run two groups right now that are starting a beginner run program. Um, one is on Wednesday nights, run by Pete Stringer at the high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he starts around. A long time marathon runner. Yes, he's thirty two years. Been on the been doing this for quite a while. Yeah. Um. And then the Cape Cod Beer Run Club is actually starting a, a Couch to 5K program this year where we're going to have two meet twice a week. And it's just a guided program of getting people from not running at all to, to um, run a 5K at the um, middle of August. Oh, cool. That's yeah. going to start May 7th. My son did that last year in Albany, and mm-hmm. he found that uh, I think it gave him a lot more technique and confidence to to keep running on his well, it's own. It's a very good program that is it, uh, it's tried and true where – you know, it takes people who have not been running and slowly builds you up with program rest and monitoring the distance so that you don't overdo it. You know, overdoing it is the biggest um, pothole that people run into when they're starting out. Do you think that, um, you know, as a personal trainer, do you think that uh, having people when they're doing that, that couch to 5K or any other program that's getting them started, is walking a good interim step? Do you want to get people walking before they're running? Well, those programs usually have um, a walk and run ratio. So they usually start off where you will jog for 30 seconds and walk for a certain amount of time. And then as what happens is those run portions get longer and the walk portion stays the same Mm -hmm. and eventually by the end of the program you're walking or jogging for 12 minutes you walk for about a minute and you jog for 12 minutes and that gets you through most of a 5k 
That sounds great. Mm -hmm. It. Uh, I was amazed at, um, you know, I, I highly recommend company because I was amazed that once I started walking with a friend from work, it was uh, it was so much easier because we were talking and oh, walking yeah. and, and we had a goal we, we were doing about four miles a day and, and it was... Uh, it was like you know we were going for our goals, so we had to keep uh, keep the time going, you know. But uh, but it was it was so much less boring to have someone oh, yeah. at the top. Having to. a community around you, whether it's the distraction factor or just getting people you know around you to encourage you to make the time go by, keep you accountable. But you got to get that if you want to be successful, you want to stick to it. You have to have a group of people around you. I was very proud with my Fitbit told me I I'd, uh, earned the Italy badge for having walked the length of Italy. Oh, there you go. 679 miles in a year. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, of where you walk and that kind of thing, now you've been, you've run uh, the Boston Marathon, but you've also run marathons in other cities? Uh, yeah, I've done a marathons across the country, Ironman triathlons. Wow. One little one in Virginia <laughs> called the Double Iron Man. A lot of people haven't even heard of. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, so you're an overall athlete and, and trainer. But uh, but uh, tell me, when you're running, do you find that um, that the location affects your speed and, and your stride and all that? Oh, definitely. Like if you're running down, you know, race lane and you're dodging traffic, you're not really thinking about how you're running. You're thinking about not getting hit by a landscaping truck. But I, I tend to do a lot of my running in the woods mm -hmm. um, where it's just you get out in nature and it's the much – you may not be running as fast, but because of the terrain and the unevenness of the ground, yeah. you, you work just as hard. And for me, after years of running, it's, it's a little easier on my joints now. I was going to say I really like the idea of being in the woods to walk or run, but, but you do have to have strong ankles and, and a good sense of balance and – and no, footwear matters too. Like I, I, if I run in road shoes on the on the some of the more uneven trails, it don't you don't feel as secure. But if you wear a good trail shoe, it can it can oh yeah, affect, I didn't even realize you know, get better traction, and there's other things that make it more stable for running off road. That sounds great. I did want to tell uh, everybody that in terms of the Boston Marathon, in addition to talking to runners who were there in 2013, um, there will also be a story coming up that. Uh, um, I have too much paper here. Let's see. Uh, on a local runner, Jordan O'Day of Dennis. Do you know Jordan O'Day uh, of Dennis? Yeah. And she's a, um, a former star cross country and track athlete at DY. Uh, she went on to uh, Northeastern and, and uh, continued running and now studying for her master's. But she, uh, she told her high school coach that uh, – they're close. He calls her his third daughter. That she would uh, do the marathon, and now she's making the leap to her first marathon. There you go. So, congratulations to Jordan O'Day. We'll be looking and uh, watching you on Monday. Now, will you will you watch the marathon? No, I have to work so other people can have fun after uh, the marathon on Monday. Oh, but it's okay. Poor Justin. <laughs> Well, we want to thank you for coming today, and uh, I'm sure we could talk about a whole lot of other issues, but it's I think it's been a, a real welcome for people who maybe haven't run before or haven't run seriously to, to take a measured step, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, they can find you at the store. Um, is there another place they can find and you? I'm also at the YMCA on certain days. Okay. So YMCA in Barnesville. In Barnesville, yeah. Yep. And um, do you have another club or something where you? No, I'm all. That's oh. why I'm all at the YMCA. Okay. 
Okay, great. So if you would like to learn more about uh, breaking into running, um, do you do walking too or like general personal fitness? Whatever you, whatever you want to do. Oh, okay. Get up from the Get desk. Get up off the couch or an Olympic yeah. lift, whatever you want to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. So I do have a standing desk, and I've been rotating it because I heard it's not good to stand in one place. You <laughs> say the next, the next desk is going to be the, uh, the treadmill desk. The treadmill desk, uh, yeah. 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 I don't know if I could, like, write a story and walk the treadmill at the same time. I'll have to find out. You could certainly answer email. You probably yeah. could. Dictate. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you for coming, and as I said before, our guest today is Justin Neviakis from um, Hanlon Shoes, and you can find him out in the running community. Thanks so much. Maybe we'll see you at the marathon again when the kids are a little older. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm on the 10-year program, running every 10 years. Oh, okay. Thank you for coming. No in. problem. Bye-bye now.